0: In this chapter, John gives us some vital instructions. He was advising the Christians of his day as to there was so much strife in their lives, and uh, there's so much strife in our lives today. So much confusion, and it seems to be the characteristic of the it's characteristic of this age that. Uh, and this kind of confusion, this kind of uh, uh, lawlessness and so forth, is going to go on until the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so we need instructions how to be victorious during a crisis. And uh, the Christian life is lived in the atmosphere of tribulation. Uh, we we're told in John 16:33 that... In this world, you will have tribulation. So we shouldn't think that it's something uh, strange. We will have tribulation, but he said, "Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the uh, world." And uh, so we're going to start out in chapter two here at verse 18. And first of all, John talks about people in a crisis. Verses 18 through 20. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us but they went out, that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. First of all, he starts out talking about the Antichrist. And on Wednesday nights for some time we studied the book of Daniel and we studied about the little horn and, and we studied the fact that there was an Antichrist that is going to come in the last days and he's going to make a covenant with Jerusalem and he's going to break that covenant in the midst of the seven years of tribulation and uh, there's going to be tribul- troublous times uh, such as the world has never seen. However, John was talking about an Antichrist spirit that was in the world in his day. See, it had already begun, this Antichrist spirit. And I believe that what we're dealing against is not flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're dealing against a, a spirit, it's the spirit of the age. And we shouldn't think it strange when we come into troublous times because we are going to have trouble in this world. One of the reasons for the difficulties of this age is the presence of this Antichrist spirit. And this spirit is in people and they may not realize that they are being controlled by this spirit. They may be your friends and neighbors. They may be someone sitting on a pew next to you that is being harassed by an antichrist spirit and don't even realize it. These people are opponents of the truth. Antichrist is against that which is truth. And there's many antichrists in the world. We're going to have an antichrist. Don't get me wrong. There is going to be an actual person that will be called the antichrist uh, that is going to dwell in Jerusalem the one day. But there is a spirit of antichrist right now And there's many antichrists. Hallelujah. Uh, These are, like I said, they're opponents of the truth. There's many of them. They started out from professing Christians. Listen to what it says. They went out, verse 19, they went out from us. This spirit of antichrist started from the Christian church. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Let me give you an example. Let's take the Jehovah Witnesses. They started out, it was probably a man that, that really sought after Jesus Christ. But then he started and he went and he found these books over here on this over here what was it Palmyra? Mormons all right yeah all right but either one of them, either one of them they started they started out looking for God and looking for Christ and they went out from amongst us. there's nothing that has done more damage. To the Christian faith than those apostates which have gone out from the church. Now, Antichrist just means against Christ, against what he teaches. These people went out from amongst the Christians. Later, they demonstrated their insincerity, and finally, they forsook the truth and the true fellowship. Others perverted the truth. Uh, I remember back to a few years ago when that guy down in Guyana, Guyana, what was his name? Jim Jim Jones. Did you know that when they first started advertising him, they said, come and see a man that has all nine gifts? What I'm saying is most of those people that followed him to uh, down there, Guyana, or Guyana, most of them people that followed him down there started out looking for Jesus, looking for God, looking for the truth, amen? In fact, I think there was even a assembly of God, daughter or amongst them. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's the truth. Uh, Paul warned in the Ephesians over in Acts 20, verse 29, that these times were coming, Acts twenty twenty-nine. For I know this that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from your among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. God said that they they were going to do these things. Paul realized that that was going to happen, and he recorded it here for us. I don't believe it was just in Ephesus. I believe that this was the spirit of Antichrist that that John's talking about that was going to come. And I believe that the spirit of Antichrist is prevalent in our day. But I I like what it says here in verse 20 of our text. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. See, you know the difference between truth and falsehood. How can you have Jesus in your heart and not know whether he's there or not? How can you be saved and not know whether you're saved or not? See, his his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Christ uh, has had his true friends in every age, and they've received the Holy Spirit from him. And John speaks of them as possessors of an unction or an anointing. I believe he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The anointing is upon us, and we need the anointing. Jesus said that he would lead us into all truth. Amen? Hallelujah. Caught a little head cold here. But uh, we'll get through tonight. Hallelujah. Um, the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us. How does He do that? By His Word. Somehow the Spirit, you know, I can remember before. I had the Spirit of God dwelling in me richly. I, I can remember reading from the Bible and not knowing what it said. I just did not know. From as soon as I received the Holy Spirit, the Scriptures began to open up. I I'm not saying that he didn't use other people to explain things to me at times, but I began to understand. I believe God uses his teachers. After all, he gave them to the church, isn't that right? He uses pastors. They're, they're the gift to, to the church to bring the church to maturity. And by his inner enlightenment, which is always in harmony with, this, with the Word of God you have this inner enlightenment by the Holy Spirit, this anointing that he's talking about. And you can know the truth. And these people cannot be deceived. And I believe that these Spirit-filled people, these people that are born again of the Spirit of God, those who have found Jesus Christ in a real way, There's a difference in their lives because they know the truth and they live the truth. And they, therefore, are different from those in the world. Secondly, he talks about truth in crisis here, verses 21 through 23. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know it. See, he's writing to us because we know the truth. Not because we don't know it, but because we do know it. And that no no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Any philosophy, any Teaching that teaches that Jesus is not the Christ is an Antichrist. And we have many teachings in the world today that are against Christ. He said, Those are the, if you're not for me, you're against me, right? who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, he who is Antichrist, he is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son, and I think this would be a good one to rub the uh, Jehovah Witnesses' nose in, whoever denies the Son denies the Father, either... He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And they say that the Son, they they acknowledge Jesus, but he's he's not deity. He's not Christ. He's some kind of an archangel. Well, Jesus is the Christ. Anyone that denies that Jesus is the Christ is antichrist. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Oh, I already read that. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about the truth. What is truth? The truth is revealed, first of all, by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the truth, the life and the way, right? Right? Jesus is truth. So to deny Jesus is to deny the truth. Jesus said the comforter is come whom I will send unto you from the Father even the spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father he shall testify of me. So the spirit of truth testifies of the truth. Jesus is the truth. And you can't leave Jesus out or you have a lie. John speaks to those who have a, have an anointing and he says, you know all things. How can you have an experience with God and an and experience with Jesus and not know it? How can you do that? You see, when it comes to a crisis, we need nothing but the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we can be free even during a crisis. Where can you find victory and joy but in This confused age, it just seems like such a hard thing to get a hold of. Only the hearts of true believers have joy and peace in in an unsettled world. Amen? The big lie is this. The big lie is to deny Christ as the anointed Son of God. That's the big lie. And to to deny him as the one God has sent to save the world. The man yesterday at the seminar said, any teaching that does not teach... Let's see if I can put it the way he did. That does not teach that uh, Christ or God is sovereign or the maker of the world and so forth is not of God. And we have many teachings. We have scientists out there that, that are telling us, you know, that the universe came from a big bang and uh, uh, they're, they're teaching lies in our school Why? Why are they teaching these things? Because they do not want to believe that Jesus is the Christ and they do not want to believe that God is the maker of the universe. If they believed that God was the maker of the universe, then they would have to kneel down and bow down to God and acknowledge Him as God. You see... Jesus is the one that saves. And another thing he said yesterday, he said that uh, there's this theory out now, you have the ability within yourself and all you got to do is draw it forth. The truth of the matter is that until you receive Jesus Christ, you are darkness. You're unsaved. You're lost. You have no ability to to save yourself, and it's this anointing that comes upon us that is going to save us, this Jesus Christ that comes to live in our heart, amen? So, what we had here in John's time, you can ignore the numbers because I don't want to waste a lot of... Transparency here. They were saying there was a bunch of Gnostics, and the Gnostics said Gnostics had the gnosis. In other words, they had the know. They were in the know. And how many times have you heard that? You know, your your church is not in the know. You know, if you really were enlightened and were come into the full light, you know, you'd be different. But they were saying, you've got to have something other than what you've got. You've got to have this no. You've got to have this gnosis. Here's what the gnosis was. That God is good. The earth and flesh is bad, evil. And so God can't deal with flesh. So, therefore, there was a bunch of demigods, emanations, and the lowest emanation, the one furthest away from God, was Jesus because he took upon himself flesh. And they said, You gotta be in the know in order to be a Christian. And John is telling telling them this is this is an antichrist teaching. This is Actually, it's not much different from our humanism today. Humanism. We have the ability within ourselves. You've got to know that in you, you have the ability to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can succeed if you only believe in yourself. Haven't you heard that teaching? Humanistic teaching, I believe, is ungodly. And they're teaching it in our schools, in our universities. And so the, it's no wonder that we have this antichrist spirit in the world out there that is promoting pornography, that's pr- promoting uh, uh, abortion, that's promoting... Uh, the sex abuse in the homes—that's promoting all these ungodly things because they have no God. Whatever feels good, do it. I seen on the Seven Hundred Club there was these bunch of kids out in California, and they were interviewing them. They were—they were street kids, and most of them said. They were asked, what's what the difference between right and wrong? How do you establish right and wrong? And they said, in effect, whatever feels good, that's what I do. There is no right or wrong. Well, I'm here to tell you there is a right and there is a wrong. And anything that, that goes against Jesus Christ and the teaching of righteousness and that Jesus saves is an anti-Christ spirit. And we have this antichrist spirit in the world today, and that's what we're dealing with. That's why the churches are not overflooded. That's why we, we have such a hard time and trying to get people to accept Jesus Christ because of this this move of antichrist spirit in the world today. These people are always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Thirdly, he talked about security in crisis, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. He's he's writing these things against these that are trying to deceive the church of Jesus Christ. And do you know what? A lot of the church... Thinks this was written for John's day. And we, we eat this stuff up. We go to their, hu- we go to this humanistic school. We listen to the humanistic te- television. We lead, read the t- uh, humanistic papers. And we, we eat these things up until our humanistic thinking, whatever you take into your mind is, is gonna stay there. You can't just take it out and dump it in the garbage and wash your mind out and start over. Once you take it into your mind, it becomes a part of you. And we're listening to this humanistic teaching, and we're bringing it right into the churches. I'm, I'm trying to tell you what we're dealing with today. I'm trying to give you a picture of why we're having such a hard time getting souls saved. I'm trying to explain to you why it's such a difficult time to get any changes to take effect in our society. It's because of our spirit. Hallelujah. Let's see, where did I leave off reading? Uh, 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. That's the second time he's said that, isn't it? The only way to guard against the Spirit is to get so full of Jesus so full of the Holy Ghost, so full of the Word of God, that you are immune to this humanistic teaching. It's your only safeguard. We need to be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Security is maintained by a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And in verse 24, he's talking about the fact that we need to abide. What did Jesus say about abiding? Abiding in the vine. Being a part of him. Otherwise, we dry up and we're cast out. You need to abide. You need to have the Spirit indwelling you continuously. He's your safeguard against falsehood. You don't need anyone other than the Holy Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. And last of all, he talks about a consummation for the crisis in verses 28 and 29. He says, Now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, I want you to make a note of this, underline it in your Bible or something. This is a very important verse. Read it, memorize it, do something with it. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. That's verse 29 in uh, chapter 2 of 1 John. Anyone who practices righteousness is of God. Which means if they're not practicing righteousness, they are not of God. By their fruits you shall know them. If you see a guy and he says, I'm a Christian and he's living like the devil... That means he is not of God. He's of his father, the devil. Now, there is a teaching that is going around, and I I love my Baptist brothers, so bear with me. But there is a teaching that says, once saved, always saved. they carry it to the point where I heard a minister on WMHR say that when the rapture takes place, people are going to come out of every establishment. They will be coming out of bars and out of the houses of ill repute. They'll be coming from every place I don't believe it. I believe that we have a choice. We can abide in Christ or we can turn our back on Christ. I believe that where it says that that if you don't abide in him, you're cast forth like a branch, dry up. I believe that this is one of the most ungodly doctrines that you can preach, because it tells people that you can do unrighteousness and still be saved. And it's not true. You do not practice righteous, uh, unrighteousness. He who practices sin is of the devil. If you know that God is righteous, he who practices righteousness is righteous. In this of God. Don't allow anybody to give you that kind of a doctrine that you can you can do wrong and still get to heaven. You may make a mistake but you don't practice it. And what we've done is we've given people doctrines to hide behind. See, if we can hide behind something and think, well, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, hey, we need to know when we do wrong, we're wrong. We need to line up with the Word of God. And we need to line up with the Word of God to the point that if we're out of the will of God and we're out of doing... Even when you don't do what you're supposed to do, it's sin. We need to be sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. We are fighting against the Spirit, and this Spirit has come into the church. And we go around thinking, well, I'm all right. I don't need to repent of anything. Amen? I'm as good as so and so. I mean, brother so and so did that. Sister so and so, look at her. We do not compare ourselves with ourselves. God says that's unwise. We compare ourselves with the Word of God. We compare ourselves with Jesus Christ, and then we get a true picture of how we are. Don't let anybody tell you you can live like the devil and still get to heaven. I want to tell you, the only thing that's going to get into heaven is holiness. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to get back to holiness. And we need to tear down this wall that the enemy has built up, this lie that is being, being in, uh, poured out upon us. You hear it everywhere. Whatever feels good, do it. Well, don't believe it. There is a right and there is a wrong. And it's time we learn. And if we've got the Holy Spirit in us, we know when we do wrong. You don't need anybody to teach you or tell you. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to get back to holiness. And, And we need to pray against the Spirit that's out there in the world so that we can break that hold that he has upon these people. That's the only way you're going to get the truth through to him. Hallelujah.